welcome to the newest episode of Renewed Talk. It's our 11th episode, and I'm here with my good friend, my girl. Kelly Pritchett, don't forget, put some respect on it. (laughs) Get that. Put some respect on it. Respect on it, not respect. Respect. Okay. They teaching me. I always talk like I'm educated, except for on this show. (laughs) The music you just heard was from our good friend and uh, awesome artist, Mr. Sean Tillery and Change with I've Got Joy. And we are here tonight to talk about music, a curse and a success. And I'm telling you, we had an awesome guy. We uh, had a chance to interview by the name of R.C. Anderson. Yes. And we discussed some of Kelly's going to take it from here with R.C. Um. <laughs> He's in the music industry, and we didn't just talk about the industry itself, but we actually talked about the actual construction of music, how it's put together, uh, so it all sounds like one just song, um, all the pieces that are incorporated into it. We also talked about God, the gospel music industry and where gospel music is going, um, how gospel music has changed with the times and how things are still similar. So, yeah, it's an amazing show. I've learned a lot about myself in episodes like this. Um, it's caused me to learn even more about myself. So, I, I like stuff like this. I love interviewing people. That's why we have Renewed Talk here. Because the space for you to learn even the more. Also, I want to put this out there. This month, we don't have a future brand. But I want to let each and every person that's listening, I want you to know that if you have anybody in mind, you have any brands in mind, a great artist, photographer, uh, freelancer, any field, and there's something positive that we can go with, please go to elangeno.com, click on contact us, and then leave me a note. Let me know if you have anybody in mind because we like to feature brands who may not have a major uh, platform or may not have a major commercial market but maybe they have something great that they have to offer to the world yes the world needs good product and so do we <laughs> so with that being said i just want to let you all know that here at renew talk we support new brands that are positive and great and you know have a good impact in the community in the meantime before we bring forth mr rc anderson ooh, ooh. From the good old state of Maryland, right outside of DC. You know, some good people come out of all that DMV area. Yeah, y'all, y'all do y'all have some great some people. Good people. I'm gonna think I'm gonna marry me a DC man, <laughs> so my kids can come out great. <laughs> Who says that? I'm gonna marry me a DC man, so my kids can come out great. <laughs> I cannot. I'm serious, but I'm not serious. But I'm serious. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> Well, well, tonight, <laughs> before he comes forth, we're just going to bring some great music from the good state of Virginia, and they're known as uh, Patrick Riddick. Kojic's Finest. And Divine Worship. All right, keep it locked here. Renew Talk with Miss. Kelly Pritchett. And Elaine Janelle. Peace. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. 
Mr. Patrick Riddick, and we're back with Rylan R.C. Anderson, but he goes by R.C. What's up, Rylan? Thank you for being on Renewed Talk. How y'all doing? Thank you for having me. Rylan, R.C., I'm sorry. R.C., tell us a little about yourself, what you do, um, you know, introduce yourself to the people. Uh, well, uh, as you all stated, my name is R.C., um, I'm a musician, a producer, uh, and recording engineer. Um, I work with a couple of artists. Um, currently, um, I'm the bassist for J.J. Harrison. Um, also, I'm the producer for Kevin Terry, Predestined. Also, um, producer for Patrick Riddick and Divine Worship. Also, producer for Sean Tillery and Change. Um, I've also mixed uh, records for... Charles Butler and Trinity, Jarmel Evans and Worship Forever, and uh, you know a couple of other artists have worked with Jonathan Nelson. You know, so um, my my main thing is is music production, um, engineering, and also I love to play. Um, uh, my main instrument is bass. Um, I also play drums and keyboard. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what sums me up. My life is music. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Quick question I have for you is, how old were you when you started playing uh, music, and what was your first instrument? Uh, when I first started playing music, I was probably about three. I was My, my mom had an old guitar in the house, um, and that was the first thing I picked up. Um, playing guitar. Now, I couldn't really play, but I would pluck out, like, little notes um, and different things like that. But later on, when I was about, let's say, about 10, my mom, she taught me my first song on piano. Um, and I, I played drums previously before that, too, so I could actually play the drums at that point. I kind of forget about drums these days, because <laughs> I don't like it anymore. It makes okay. me sweat. Um, but, uh... <laughs> I, I can still play, but I don't. I don't count it. But um, uh, so, um, along with drums, uh, I picked up piano around like ten or eleven, something like that. Um, and the first song my mom told me was uh, "Lean on Me." Um, Sometimes in our lives, y'all know that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that, that was the first song I ever learned. Um, and now the, the crazy. Now let me backtrack a little bit. The crazy part is. Um, and I think this had a lot to do with it. When my mom was pregnant with me, she uh, played every instrument that I currently play. Wow. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, so she played key, She played keyboard, a little bit of bass, a little bit of um, drums. Um, and my mother's a percussionist. Wow. So she's, she's a, a real percussionist. Um, 
so but after she had me, she stopped playing all the instruments that she played while she was carrying me. So I kind of I kind of felt like that was a uh, kind of divinely inspired. She was mm-hmm. supposed to do that so that, that they can, you know, get in me, you know. Um, so they say, I mean, I'm not a woman and I don't have any kids, but they say what you do when you're pregnant with the child, you know, affects the child. Right. So I guess it affected me. No, um, I believe that. But yeah, so my mom was really, my mom being musical really was the basis of me starting out in music and different things like that. And she was a full support. Her, her and my dad, they were full supporters. That's so that's good. that. That's really good. At what age did you switch into focusing more on the production side of things? Because, um, of course, your resume has become lengthy. And your work is very precise and clean. So I've the reason I say all that is because I know that means... You didn't start yesterday and what you do now. Well, I, I, I do believe that um, every encounter with whatever you wind up doing um, adds to your end, your end product. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm still not done growing as it relates to production and different things like that. Right. But early on, younger, I had an interest in... I used to ride in a car and I had an interest and trying to figure out how all these people, all of these sounds got into the radio. So I used to ask my mom, like, how how were all these people, how all these instruments in the radio? And she couldn't tell me because she didn't know. So pretty much I kind of I, I kind of took uh, a journey, if you say, unknowingly mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. So I used to, at my old home church, um, it's a small church, Church Righteous Branch, uh, Commandment Church of God in D.C. Um, they they gave me a lot of freedom. They used to let me break down the sound system, set it back up. I used to put mics on the drums. I used to, when we used to have special services um, at other locations, I'm, I'm literally every bit of what, 12, 13, and I'm breaking down the whole system, bringing out all the drums and different things like that. They would pack it up and put it in the truck, but I would break it down, set it back up when we had to come back to the church. So, you know, just to give a background on, like, the, the start of the interest in it. I never thought I would be producing records. That wasn't even nowhere near my mind. Um, which furthermore lets me, you know, know that it kind of was something that I was supposed to wind up doing. Mm-hmm. But back back to that. Um, so I, I kind of just started doing different things, and I'm, I like technical things. So I started trying to figure stuff out. You know, I started making tracks on the keyboard. I started playing around with microphones, um, and doing different things like that. So I'll fast forward a little bit. Um, so later, later on in life, um, around about 21, 22, um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Around 18, um, Kevin Terry made me his MD. Um, he came to me now, a current MD was already MD in the situation, Oh wow! but he came and told me that the Lord told him to make me his MD. My, me and Kevin honestly didn't have a. We we were cool, but we weren't like friends to the point where it was like, you know, I'm gonna put my homie on. It was really right. no reason. Like me and Kevin are really really close now. Like that's like my blood brother. Um, but at the time for him to come to me and say that, now that I look at it, I'm like, okay, God had to have told you to do that. So with that, Kevin allowed me to to have creative freedom. So I learned how to MD. I learned how to make tracks. I learned how to do a lot of stuff. 
Kevin Turner Predestined was actually my guinea pig um, starting out early. And, you know, that meant a lot to me because he gave me total creative freedom. I learned a lot of things on my own just because he's like, I mean, just do whatever. He didn't try to tell me what to, what to produce. What I mean, and this is before we even did the record. He didn't tell me what to uh, put together. He didn't tell me, you know, well, it got to be like this. I want it like this. He would mm-hmm. just let me go. And, then, you know, and whatever I came up with is what, what happened. So I'll fast forward again. Um, so in 2009, well, previously, 2007, 2008, I started a production company with uh, two other friends. Okay. That, produ- that production company didn't work out. Um, for various reasons, it really wasn't for beef or anything, but it's just, you know, the visions weren't the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two artists we had were Kevin Terry and John Mel Evans. So it was, it's, it's funny to say this, it was kind of a split, <laughs> even though we we're in a big corporation, it was like a little split. So when we split, the artists came with me. Oh. Now we left it up to them. So they oh. came with me. Um, so that's how we winded up doing, um, Kevin Terry's first record. Um, and so my, my production company started, the new one started with me and uh, one of my close friends, Jeremy Wimbush. Well, the name of my new production company was Partiswell Productions. So pretty much how it really started was because of the split between me and my previous company and I had to start to get Kevin's record done. And at the time, John Mills' record. Um, so, me and my friend Jeremy, we were at my apartment one day, and we were trying to figure out a name for the company. So, um, we were just sitting there, and I just opened the Bible. I literally opened the Bible, like just flipped it open. I didn't search for nothing, and it and it immediately went to Isaiah sixty-four and eight, and that is um, Isaiah sixty-four and eight reads. But now, Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art potter, and we, should, we all are the work of thy hand. So, based off of that scripture, that, and I took, because we were trying to figure it out, and as soon as I opened it and literally went straight there, I said, this is it. And so that's, a, that's when we came up with Potter's Will Productions, um, mainly because all we, gonna, all we do is Christian music. It's all for Jesus, period, point blank. So... You know, that's just a little bit of backdrop on how that started. That's cool. Um, um, so after that, that's when we um, now moving to our first production. Um, our first production was Kevin Terry. Now that was a a pretty rough road um, because um, you had a lot of people that only knew me as RC the bass player and um. RC that played drums, or he played more. He played keys too. Like they just knew me as the musician. Gotcha. So no, nobody, nobody really wanted to accept the fact that I was trying to be a producer, you know. And I mind you, I'm doing it on my own. And then you have other older people in the area that have been doing it, and Kevin didn't call them to do the record. So it's kind of like you breaking the mold. You're not using the people that that have done it in the area for years and you're using this kid. So that's pretty much the mindset of this little guy. Man, I had friends. I had, well, so-called friends. I had people telling me, people came to me and stopped, was like kind of trying to prophesy to me saying, it ain't going to work. God is not in it and all this other stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And, and at the end of the day, that's why it's good to know the voice of God for yourself and know right. what Because people, because it don't look like what they think it should look like at mm-hmm. the moment, they, they can tell you 50,000 different things. Um, and me, I'm the type of person, I'm like, I'll look right at you and I'm like, oh, okay, man. Ooh, God said it. Ooh, yes, he did. He said it. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, fake them But, um, you know, because I ain't going to bust a bubble, but, you know, and, and my thing is, at the end of the day, my, my philosophy is, if it's of God, it'll work. If it's not, it won't work. work yeah. yeah. Point blank. That's true. There's no need to have a There's no need to have a debate, you know. So, that was really the start of the production company really moving forward. It was a struggle at first, you know, just not knowing really what to do. We really didn't know what to do. But, with the help of God and, you know, just being persistent, doing research and different things like that. Mm -hmm. We pulled it off. Um, So, yeah. I think I had more to say, but I got out of the flow of that. So, I don't know. know. It's all right. Um, I guess I would ask this because um, I I do have, this is something I'm keen on. I'm going to ask you about mentorship. And this is going to transition us into talking a little bit more about the industry uh, and, and the ministry as well. Um, I have a lot of mentors in the music industry, but I don't want to know them. Y'all make sense? <laughs> you have a yeah. lot of mentors, but you don't want to I don't want to know y'all. <laughs> There's people who I really look up to, and I think they're genuine people, but I don't really, I really would never really fully want to know them because I don't like to know people's weaknesses or like to see them in their, their nasty veins. And I know everybody has one. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I respect them enough to like keep their lives their lives. So I would like to ask you, do you have any mentors as far as people who you have in the past or currently do look up to related to the industry? Period. Well, honestly, to tell you the truth, I've re- tangible mentors as far as people I can get to, no. I can, under- um, I can relate and I can understand as, that. As far as like, now, is, are you talking about musically or just in general? Just, you just in general, it don't just have to be musically, it can be in general. Yeah, well, well in, gen- in general, of course, I mean, my my pastor, my dad, most of all, you know, um, that, like my dad is my best friend and my mentor, so, like, it's kind, it's kind of, like, it's kind of weird for me because, like my, there's, I don't have a friend that's closer than my dad. So, um, okay. he's my my mentor and my best friend. So it's kind of like everybody else kind of falls into the, you know, not associate, but that kind of thing, you know. Um, but I, I look at my pastor as a mentor, you know. Um, but yeah, honestly, I really don't have any anybody that I can honestly say that is my mentor. I take I have people that I, I glean from. I'll I'll take certain things from them, you know, if I interact with them. But um, not really like my mentor. Like I can call them and you know ask for this advice and this thing and this that and the third. But um, my dad, if I had a mentor, it would be my dad. Okay. Have you? Well, who have you? Well, if you don't mind saying, is there anybody that you don't mind saying that you glean from? As far as musically. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, Aaron Lindsay, of course, uh, Kevin Bond, um, and then a couple of other local uh, people, um, like uh, Isaiah Thomas. I don't mm. know if you've heard of Isaiah Thomas, Elements of Rage. Yeah, I've heard of them. I've been one of them for the last 10 years. I love indie music. Mm-hmm. I love I love knowing music that don't nobody know. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's gotcha, my, gotcha. I've been like that since I was young. So yeah. anything that was popular... I would like purposely not listen to it. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of how I am. Um, honestly, me and I, I'll probably say that statement uh, that I was about to make. And I'll, I'll let you know. But um, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, he, he he's he's kind of he, he's he's out now. Re, here here recently, he's actually been a mental. He's actually helped me with a couple of things. Um, me, I, I, I'm really leery of people, especially because in the industry, man, sometimes people don't know how to be mentors without trying to make you like them. Mm-hmm. Or, the, I, or I guess that, the ownership that's, mindset. That's, that's a big issue. I need you to mentor me on how to be the best me I can be, not mm-hmm. the best you. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need to be and, you. And sometimes, sometimes mentorship can breed jealousy in some shape or form because sometimes... Now it's it's supposed to happen. Sometimes the mentor, I mean the mentee, may turn out greater than the mentor sometimes, mm-hmm. and it, it should progress that way, you know. But I, I'm just le- I'm leery of like the whole mentor thing, man. Because th- sometimes you don't know people's intentions. But I will say Isaiah is a genuine guy. He really recently helped me out with some, some a business situation. That's um, good. But yeah, I, I, oh yeah, I have another guy. That helped me out younger. Like, I really gotta think. It, it's sad that I really have to think about it. <laughs> your face, though. But he was like, oh, wait a minute. That's a person I should forget. That's what your face just said. Yeah, because, because me, I, like, thing is, like, it's. Now, there are some people that at key points, like, at key markers in my life that helped. Like, when I was younger, first starting to play. A guy, James Cunningham, he um, put me on my first gigs. Okay. So, in the area. So, yeah, I wouldn't say nobody mentors, but as far as, like, somebody that's, like, there all the time, Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't have that, you know. And that's fine. Kelly, do you have any questions? Because I'm going to shift towards the um, gospel industry for your opinions. Um, Where do you think, do you, this is, like... Let me see how to phrase this. The gospel, you know how you have a big gap in gospel music? You have the people, the older generation that say, oh, if it doesn't have Jesus in it, it's not gospel music. And then you have us. Well, you know, it can be inspirational and gospel. It inspires and things like that. Do you think that gospel music is really sticking to what it is or is it starting to conform into quote unquote worldly music or the secular world? Whew. Well, that this is this is kind of one of my favorite subjects in a sense. Um, I have I have two different perspectives on that. Um, from somebody who I grew up on older like church music and stuff like that, so I have I'm, I'm naturally like an old soul. Um, but, but let me let me just sum it up in this. Um, every, everything is. Hold on. Let, can you can you restate the question, please, so I, so I can make sure I'm answering this correctly? Do you think that gospel music is more so 
stayed true to what it is or what it originally is, or has it conformed? Um. Okay. In some in some ways, I'll say I'll say throughout time in general, from the time from the conception of gospel, gospel has always conformed to um whatever the secular market was doing at the time. Alright, let me give you a perfect example. That's good. Put that on a t-shirt. That is. It has. <laughs> no, I agree. Because people act like it hasn't, but it has always conformed. And it dates. It always, always dates itself. Yeah. So it's like from the conception of gospel. So take um, somebody like a... Uh, I won't go too far back. Let's take, let's take uh, Andre Crouch, for example. If you listen to Andre Crouch's music, it shadows the secular sound of like the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. It just has Jesus in it. It just it shadows that sound. So it's only considered through gospel now because it's almost 30, 40 years later. Right. right. Like, like, yeah, that see that old school sound? See, that's when gospel was real. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the old school sound back then. The same backlash that Kirk Franklin got in 2000 when he released Revolution is the same backlash Andre Couch got when he released uh Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Every right. every mm-hmm. like, like yep. with that that kind of groove, like you're grooving in church. <laughs> church people wasn't used to that back then. It was new. Right. But now that Andre is old, dead and gone, it's like, oh, that was true gospel. Oh my god, that was true gospel. We need to go back to those times. They was not saying that back then. <laughs> so a person a person like a Kirk or a Lecrae, they get backlash now, but in the next what thirty years we are gonna be looking at like take for we look at Kirk Franklin and the Family Record and say now that was real gospel, right? Right. And when now they first came already... out with that record, it was new, it was fresh. What you looking for? What you looking for? Hey, like all of that, like right. That wasn't gospel then. Mm-hmm. They were used to listening uh, again. Andre Crouch, Walter Hawkins, and all of them. Kirk Sound was just different. Now I do believe the issue comes in where, um. Where the music doesn't point to Jesus at all. That's just my personal take on it. It don't have to be uh, death, burial, resurrection all the time, but it, at some point, it should bring a person to Jesus, even if it's an inspirational song. Of, you know, like kind of like how James Fortune songs do. I mean, James Fortune songs really will have you depressed in the middle. I mean, in the beginning of the song. <laughs> but if that is not know, the truth, I mean. <laughs> Full depression. Like, Full I mean, depression. Like the hand to the wrist. But it's <laughs> <laughs> no, that is true. So is pointing to Jesus and what he can do because of the situation. I don't think a song should ever leave it to, oh, I'm just so down and out and all that. No. It should always point to Jesus at some point. Um but now, on another hand, I do think we have a set of artists that are conforming to a sound that will sell versus a sound that promotes God or promotes Christ. And that's where my issue comes in. They're, they're, they're doing certain things to make the money or get in, or in the crossover markets. Um, and at the end of the day, music is a business. If that's what you want to do, cool, but don't call it gospel. That's just my take. Got it. And, I, and some people have stopped calling it gospel. They've decided to just put, you know, you click on iTunes and it's under the area of inspiration. Yeah, and I—I I mean, 
I'm okay with that, I guess, because of the fact that I, if I don't like it, I ain't gonna listen to it. I, and it's right. fun. I can make. It's as simple as that. Right. Me. I can make a fuss all day long. You know, people can get caught up in these conversations and everything like that. But at the end of the day, what I really enjoy listening to, whether it's gospel or not gospel, I'm going to listen to, and not try to like, and not you know, just to make it sim- you know simplify. Not trying to take the conversation anywhere else. But I think that sometimes we get so frustrated. Like, if things don't, you don't care. I like, I don't, I don't love God. Okay, <laughs> I love no, I don't God. Wanna, I, don't know what's, I don't want to know what's wrong with you. Huh? <laughs> I don't want to know what's wrong. All right, what's wrong with you? I don't care. What's wrong with you in the area? <laughs> That's your problem, not mine. That's all I got to say about it. And you know what? There's an altar at the church. Because if something is wrong with you, you can bring it to the altar. But guess what? I don't, like, no. That's just me. Now, I enjoy, now, this is the contrary of it. I'll sit and watch the Mary Mary show. Some people don't care for the show. I'll sit and watch the Mary Mary show. And all the back and forth and all that stuff, hee hee ha ha with them. But I'm not playing Erica's latest album. (laughs) That's just where I'm at. And I'm getting, that's just, honestly, that's just a hundred though. Like, you know, I mean, and people get bent out of shape because of, I've never seen a time where people get so bent out of shape because people have their own opinion about something. Right. Like, because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's not good. Right. It's not my style. Yeah, I don't like it. That's true. That's true. And that's <laughs> kind of yeah, where I'm, that's where I'm at with all that. And so I, I enjoy new music. I, before I had Spotify, before the internet was what it is. That this is something I wonder about Kelly and about URC. I was one of those type of people where I would get irritated. I'd be like, I need new music. This is before like digital had taken over our lives. <laughs> it was just like it was this I'll say this had to be probably over ten years ago due to the fact that I think Kimberell's like live album was out and trying to think what else is out before like it became a thing where you can find music easily and i just i would have spurts where i'd just be like i need new music and i would like literally go searching in stores or like different places because i just was like i wanted something different or i just wanted something new and the artist maybe that i was listening to at that time didn't have anything fresh yet so i was like I don't know. I'm laughing because nowadays nobody, like the kids coming up now will never know what that's like. Nah, not at all. <laughs> they just gonna download it off, off Apple Music. <laughs> right, they can find it on YouTube. Like, it's endless now. And I mean, there were times where I was sitting here like, oh, I'm looking for something different. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. honestly how I felt when... But see, me, I'm different though. I, I honestly, I listen, I, li- I like music. But when I'm not doing music, I don't listen to a lot of music. It's weird. I don't listen to a lot of music at all. Just especially, especially the radio. I just don't want to fall into oh, just because it. I produce music. I don't want to fall into the common <clears> thing <throat> that's going on now. At the end of the day, there's nothing new under the sun. Even with you creating something, like even like a person like a Prince. Prince created his own sound, but that sound is based off of funk, which was created by James Brown. Right. He just he just added his spin on it, which made it his own, but the the core 
of what he does isn't it wasn't new. It's just his personality, his his all who he was made it something different. Right. You know, but uh, yeah, I just I, I don't like to be too influenced to where I literally start sounding like everything everything in that song. That's good. No, that's really good. Kelly, you was about to say something. Y'all start talking at the same exact time. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Bro, oh, no, you're fine. What was I saying? Oh, man, here we go. Oh, um, when you said, you know, looking for something new or that anticipation of an album dropping, I remember Beyonce's B-Day came out when I was in sixth grade. 2006, I was in sixth or seventh grade when that came out. Oh my gosh, you just made me feel old. Lord help my Stop. <laughs> Hold on, how old are you? Look at RC's face. Stop. I shouldn't have said RC, that. you look like you had to think so hard. How old are you? Whoa, hold on. Oh, my God. I'm 22. Oh, my God. Cut <laughs> 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 <Get> that out. Cut <laughs> out. Oh, girl, that was a year. That was a year after my graduation. Edit that out. <laughs> I will. It was, I just fell out laughing because you said sixth grade and then the year you said it. And I was just like, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm actually pretty young. 2006, you was in sixth grade? 2006, I was in 6th or 7th grade. 2006, I was graduating from college. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. <laughs> no, let me tell you, sidebar, sidebar, Marquez said to me, Marquez came down here, that was my friend who was on the episode before this, that's coming out this week. Anyway, my Marquez came down here from Boston, and um, Durell was like, boy, you just so young. And he was like, y'all just so old. I was, cause I, we was like, we was like, catch up, catch up. He was like, y'all need to slow down. And I said, we trying. I'm trying to slow down. The only time I rush time is when I'm listening to a bad preacher or when I'm at work. <laughs> That's the only time I rush time. Is with Most people think I'm older, though. I don't know why. You, because you are very much older. Yeah, you, you are. Yeah, I thought you was at least about 27. Oh my God, no! You, I mean, you, but you're very mature. It's not like that's not a bad thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad thing. Okay, so I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Beyonce's birthday album. Go ahead. <laughs> but I think the reason why I fell in love with it was because of the anticipation I had. Like I, I didn't have. I think I had like an iPod Shuffle, maybe. Maybe like the little small one, mm-hmm. like that anticipation. Like there was no, I didn't know anything. I was only in seventh grade. I didn't know anything about leaking, so I literally had to wait until that day to go to the store to buy the album. And I think that made the listening experience ten times yeah. better. Yeah, because I had the, that anticipation leading up to the album dropping, like the physical album. It wasn't like a digital thing. I didn't know how to do that. I had to. Buy the CD, put the CD in my computer, wait for it all to download on my iTunes account, <laughs> then plug my iPod in. Yeah, all that and that whole anticipation. So it, it made, like, the listening experience just yeah. different. Yeah, true. It, to me, it made, true. even though it's not that long ago, that made the entire listening experience, listening experience different. What about you guys? Hmm. I'm trying to have, oh, well, we used to order, my mother um, and I used to sit, and she would let me check off, I think it was called, like, something sounds, 
We used to order CDs and packs. So I would have to wait for my packs to come through. Ooh, in the mail. And so I remember the first CD I ordered um, through my boy, of course, my mother ordered it. Because I was probably, it was, I was probably sixth grade, but it was <laughs> 1996. And, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I think the first CD I ordered was uh, Anointed. Um, the group anointed, and that was when it was four of them. It was three girls and one male. Now there's two women and one male, and actually now I think it's just a male. And yeah, so I've watched that. I've watched the group decrease, but that was one of the first CDs like I, I actually had. And it was a time. This is crazy. This is some random stuff that I did, but I was a music head to the core. I used to with Kurt Franklin. Every other album was a CD. So the first album was a tape. The next one was a CD. The next album was a tape. The next album was a CD. I had like a whole order of how I did Kirk Franklin music and I did it on purpose <laughs> so like really random weird stuff that I did but I I I enjoy the anticipation and I think I part of me still lives in it only because of I still have tapes I still have VHS is like I still have a VCR and I have no problem with telling somebody that Right. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I still have all these things in like in my room. Like not in the house, in my room. So, um, even though I don't I don't have a tape player nowhere any in here. But just I don't know. It just makes it that essence. And I mean we have a record player in our house. We got you know Sonny and Cher. We got some old stuff. And it's you know what I mean? But yeah, it's the essence to it that, that is kind of lost now. Because I'll still go on YouTube and click around to hear somebody different. And I'm not impressed. And the Lord's working on me because new people come out. <laughs> what? Because I'm rude. I'm a little bit rude. New people come out and everybody be hyped. Have you heard such and such? I'll be like, yeah. Oh, they all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, music is... And see, I kind of like... Especially with me doing production and stuff, I can't really say stuff like I'm not impressed because I'll sound biased. I get what you mean. Only only what I do is good, which I don't believe, but some stuff really isn't good. You know? Yeah, but I think that's honesty at the end of the day. And people may have to, you know, learn to respect Oh, I'm very honest. (laughs) That's honesty at the end of the day. I'm very honest, you know, but Sometimes you got to be careful, you know, and, you know, people can take it some type of way, but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's wrong. They get over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the truth though. <laughs> because it's like, if you don't have people like music, art, anything that you do is completely subjective to the viewer or the mm-hmm. listener, to the consumer. True. So if you can't take, Somebody saying, I don't like it, then that's not a business you need to be in. You need to be an accountant or a nurse or something like that where it's just one that way to do everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you can't take anybody saying, oh, I don't like it and things like me, my professor in one of my classes used to say, you know, when somebody says they don't like something, ask them what they don't like about it. Yeah. That. You know, ask them what they don't like about it. What didn't really rub them the right way, or what were they? What else were they looking for? What were they missing? What did they feel like they were missing? So, like, if somebody can't take that in any art form, 
then it's they're not going to last too long. That's true. Have longevity. No, that's true. Because you gotta you gotta get tough skin, and you have to appreciate. I guess you appreciate what you like about what you like. Um, right. Like I have this thing. It's funny. On another friend of mine, um, Julian, he's a music major at Temple. And he get he got in my car the other week, and he was like, "What you listening to?" He's like, "I know you like to listen to raw music." And um, basically, he was saying like, "I do. I enjoy listening to clips like straight from YouTube that haven't been sometimes you know mixed or mastered, and yeah. or I like to listen to stuff that I've sat in church and recorded myself." Yeah. Um, to this day, my one of my favorite albums is Todd's first album when he wasn't signed to nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so that's just that's just me, and I know they did some mixing in the studio for their for their very very first album, but it was something about that rawness that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and so I know, I mean, I know when it t- comes to actually presenting that, yes, you do need to actually present something that's clean and polished. But when it comes but to honestly, like, but honestly, sorry, sorry. No, keep room, going. Honestly, with. With that, and see that this is one issue that I have now. I'm eventually I want to do a recording that is untouched, hmm. and the reason I want to do that is because when you listen to like older recordings of like stuff like uh, James Brown, uh, people like Walter Hawkins, and all those other artists, they didn't do overdubs and stuff. They did a recording, and that was it. Now they might get it. They might get it mixed, but their definition of mixing isn't editing where you messed up at. They they left it messed up. They just had somebody that was out of the levels. Got it. You know, and so that's why till this day you can still feel the, the energy from that stuff. Sometimes um, producers, this is the thing that we have to watch sometimes. Sometimes in the effort to make stuff clean, it's out the energy out of stuff. That's and that's good. why people don't don't like it because they can't they can't relate to. It. That's they a good point. Uh, that, no, that's good. I really like that, RC. I appreciate that. What you put just that said. on the t shirt? Oh my put god, she puts everything on a t shirt. <laughs> we t- We are going to have t shirts soon from Renew Talk. Real red. but no, that's real. That's a good. That's a good thing to keep in mind, and maybe that's why I like raw. You saying that has helped me understand something about myself because maybe that's why I like world music the way I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something about it that is just like, mm, that I know I can't get off of this nice, clean, polished album, you, you know, that I bought. Motion from it. You feel the emotion from it. It's, it's, it's literally, uh, it's originally what was intended. That's, that, that's really the biggest thing. That's good. We appreciate you sharing that on Renew Talk on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, Kelly, you have anything else that you want to share or ask? No, this was like really fun. I enjoy this interview. It was fun. So I, I had fun tonight. It was beautiful, lovely. Same here. I liked what... Um, RC said, I should have picked up on some pieces. But that part that you said about um, editing out stuff because you lose the 
the I want to say essence, but it's a, it's a different word you you used. I forgot what I said, honey. But she said something great. I just want to let you know uh-huh. you said some great things tonight, and I appreciate you sharing your experience, your history, the things you learned, the things you go through, the things you've gone through, and kind of like where you're at now. I guess that could be my question. What to expect next <laughs> from uh, RC? Say that one more time. What that could be my question. What to expect next from RC? Well, at this point, um, right now we're currently my production team, which is comprised of myself, Jeremy Wimbush, and Andre Jones. Um, we're currently now working on four records right now. Um, so that's the immediate uh, focus. Also, we're starting an actual record label this year. Sweet. You starting an Afro? You said a what record label? An actual record label. This okay. Year. Um. So, um. So we're planning it and everything this year, getting all the business taken care of this year, and next year we'll probably like unveil it. Um. But it's gonna be a really, really good situation. Um. I kind of, I kind of told God I didn't want to do it unless I could really do it, and mm-hmm. yeah. I just got a call um, this weekend of a great opportunity for us to really, really, really do it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what where I am right now. That's good. And I, um, I think I think I told you this before, RC, but I said I like the fa- I like what you do for independent artists, um, mm-hmm. because there are some good engineers, there are some good producers, but they're not a lot that are able to connect with people who are just starting out or who um, don't have the funds to, to to bring forth what they want to gotcha. put forth. So, and that's honestly, and that's, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't believe I didn't mention that, but um, that's really a big part of what, why I, I really want to produce and stuff like that. Um, because it's it's pretty sad that the average person doesn't the average artist that doesn't have access to the record the big record labels and things like that have to have a mediocre record just because they don't have a a quote unquote name you know mm-hmm. um, and me my heart first goes to independent artists now if major artists call me to do things okay I'll do it but at the end of the day like my first priority is independent artists. And I mean, I look at it like this: before they, everybody before they, before anybody was famous, they had to start somewhere, and they had to have people that were there to to ground with them to you know to get their start. Right. That's so everybody's true. trying to. And nowadays, a lot of independent artists go broke trying to get the name versus finding somebody you can grow with, finding somebody that's actually going to take your vision and mm-hmm. make it work, versus taking the industry sound that they are known for quote-unquote, and putting it on an independent artist, and then you really don't get any recognition because you're not original, because you just use the producer from somebody that's caught up in the whole industry thing. Me, personally, as a producer, I mean, I'll just go out on a limb and say this. I mean, it's maybe industry suicide, but I don't care. Like, But I really don't care about the industry, honestly, to tell you the truth. Either they get with me or they don't. Because I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do what they, they want to do. I respect it. 
And I appreciate Same. I appreciate the rawness. I really, really do. For real. And I want my artists to feel that way. I want my artists to feel like I can sing what I want to sing. Like I can do what I, I can do what I want to do. I don't want an artist to ever and that's and even to the point of me bringing up the label, like the structure of the label that I want to create is really not the traditional structure of locking an artist into seven albums you don't get any money until I get my money back. But you know that that the way, the way I want to do it, man. I just I just want everybody to win from Jump Street, and that's not the that's not the way that it's set up. The industry. I just never wanted. I never really wanted to be in the industry. I just wanted to do music. Like I don't want to be a part of it because it's 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 a lot, man. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty terrible. Right. And it's like I know it's off subject. But, but, you know, I mean, they kill Prince. <laughs> it's like, nah, nah, I don't know if it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about it's off subject. But, but it's on subject. <laughs> but it's on subject. It's all right. But nah. But no, nah, man. It, it's, it's sad that he, that he, he had to wait that long to own the rights to his music. Like, that's, Come on, man. He's the brains. And the industry is just one of those things. It's a system designed to find talent, suck the life out of the talent, make all the money they can, and give them the rest. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, That's I, don't really want, the truth. I don't want my situation to be like, now, I may not ever be as big as a Sony or, a, you know, something like that, but, you know, I think God will bless it, you know? No. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll bless your heart because, like, honestly, the way you're talking is very much so more ministry-minded because ministry, at the end of the day, is about God, but it's to invest in the people. There's no ministry if there's no people. Yeah. Like. True. Yeah. So people who lock themselves in a room, they talk about Jesus all day. Okay. (laughs) If you don't go outside and talk to people. And actually interact with people, then you really don't. You, there's no ministry. Yeah, you're right. You can't be effective. So, I appreciate right. you coming on this call. So, um, at the end of every interview, we have prayer. All right. Um, I guess it's my turn. I would make unless RC, unless you would like to pray. Usually, my guests pray. Our friend is fine. Oh, well, Amen. Cheerful <laughs> volunteer. I cannot. This is by far the best, one of the best interviews we get on the talk. I'm loving it. I, I did enjoy the interview, and I was actually way more excited. I think that I had a good day at work because of be, being trying to be prepared for this interview tonight and anticipating it. And the reason why I say that, I'm going to be real honest and pure for a minute and hope that I don't get screwed over later for being pure. Um, but you are one of the main producers I look up to right now. And I'm not a producer. But you are one of the main ones. And I think it's also because of your humility. Um, your work is impeccable. You do great work. And you're young. And you're humble. And you're willing to grow. And you still have people in mind, a ministry in mind. Like, finding all those things together in one person who is involved in music, whether they want to say they're involved in, whether you want to say you're involved in the industry or not, I get what you're saying, but it's just, you don't meet people like that often. Um, 
I have a mentor in Philadelphia. He doesn't claim salvation and everything like that. He's the only other engineer that I've worked with who, to me, is that humble and has worked with people for Sony and worked with different artists. And, oh, you know, older white guy, but he's mad cool, mad chill. And other than him, I really don't meet that many people. Um, And it may be due to the fact that I don't spend... I love music. I love talking about music. I love... I love learning about music and the and even industry, whether it's bad or good. I love learning it so I know it, but um, I don't engulf myself in it. Gotcha. I don't like, I don't jump at every concert. I don't jump at every, it's really weird. I really love music, okay. but I can't go to everything. And it's just the place that God, God has me in right now. So when I meet people who are really, really genuine and really still love what they do, um, and what they're doing, and is not for no undercurrent agendas. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really do. So, RC, I'll let you yes. pray us out. Are y'all ready? Yes. yes. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, God, for this interview, God. Lord, thank you, God, for allowing us to come together, um, just to discuss uh, different topics. Um, and most of all, um, letting you be the center of it all. God, we ask that someone that hears this interview um, may be blessed by it, may get something out of it. Um, God, please bless um, the radio um, show God, and allow it to flourish, God. We ask for increase in the show, God. We ask that um, Elaine and Kelly's vision would flourish further than they could even imagine. Um, God, thank you for allowing them to uh, even request me to be on. Um, I'm humbled by that, God. Um, and we just ask, God, that you would just put a special blessing over their lives for even having the vision to do this. Um, and in your name we pray, amen. Amen.